So it was kind of neat. I didn't know they were going to be praying for Brooke and Robert this morning, but then the exhortation by Kevin at the end was pretty amazing. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, the Bible says, let every word be established. And so much of his encouragement in trusting the Lord was really what was in my heart to start out this morning with. Because I just, you know, sometimes as moms and people in general, like we can put so much pressure on ourselves that it's all about us doing everything perfect. And can I just give you permission to take a deep breath and let that go? It's not about us doing it all perfect. I told Julie and Allison yesterday, most of what I've learned is because of mistakes that I've made and having to repent time and time and time again. But there's a beauty in repentance. The, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. That's what we need, the nearness of God. And the Bible tells us in Psalms, David says, the nearness of God is my good. It's his nearness. That's what I need. So when I humble myself and I repent, when I humble myself and say, God, I know nothing as I ought to know it. That's what Paul said. If he said it, that's absolutely true for me. I know nothing as I ought to know it. That is, that has been the journey and the, the lamp to my feet and the light to my path as a mom, knowing that, God, I don't know what to do. What does your word say? What do you say in this situation? How are you asking me to respond right now? What, what is it that you want to, how do you want to um, come into this situation by your Holy Spirit. So just constantly praying. I'm sure Allison and Julie can say the same thing. And so many of you moms out there that you're doing the dishes and you're praying and you're doing the laundry and you're praying and you're constantly asking for the Holy Spirit to show up and to do what only he can do. And he wants to do that in our families. I love what a friend of mine says. She says the Holy Spirit, he wants to show up and he wants to show off. He wants to do that in our families. He wants to come in with healing. He wants to come in and mark your children in a way for eternity that you could never do. You can't orchestrate these things. You cannot orchestrate the move of the Holy Spirit in your home. But he wants to do it. He wants to do it. He wants your kids to be excited about prayer and worship and about his word. To where you're not having to dictate and mandate, um, you, did you have your quiet time today? Okay, now half hour, go read that word. Uh, no, you don't have to do that. And God doesn't want you to do that. Now, I'll tell you, I'll be honest. I did want to do that. My husband said, no, we're not doing that. He's like the Holy Spirit. He's like, I am praying for the Lord to draw them. I am praying for the Lord to make himself real to them. We are depending on God to make himself real to our children and to reveal himself in their hearts because we cannot do that. I was the stressed out mom. God, I made so many mistakes today. I had smoke coming out of my ears again. God, I, I'm ruining my kids. And Barry would just talk me off the ledge like, no, honey, that's not true. We're going to trust the Lord. He's going to do what we cannot do. So I just want to encourage you with that. It really is about trusting the Lord. You know, we all come. We come to motherhood with an empty slate. It's not about your great upbringing, and it's not about all the mentors that you've had. Because most of us never feel like we had what we needed, right? And Paul said, none of us are sufficient in ourselves. None of us. He had unbelievable training. And he said that he wasn't sufficient. And none of us are. It's not about us being enough, but it's about the God who is more than enough. That's what success in motherhood is all about. It's about the God who is more than enough. 
And I just want to leave with one more, this introduction with just one more scripture. And I love this. Barry shared it with me when our kids were little. And it's, it's out of the Psalms. I should have asked him for the scripture reference. Um, but it's in the Psalms. And again, it's David. And he says, your humility, O Lord, has made me great. The humility of God. In one translation, it says the kindness of God. The fact that God is willing to stoop down to deal with me and to deal with you, that is what is going to make your motherhood, your life. You could be man or woman, like in your whatever role you're in, you're a business owner, you're a dad, you're whoever, you're the mom, you're a teenager. God stooping down to deal with you as you are crying out to him, that is what's going to make your life great. That is what is going to really bring success. And what is success? I love the definition by John Maxwell, being loved and respected most by those closest to you. Wow, I love that. Don't we all want that success? I don't want the success of the world. I don't want it. Like the psalm says, my pleasure is not in silver and gold, but it's in knowing you and knowing everything is right between us. And when I awake in heaven, I will be fully satisfied, for I will see you face to face. That is true success, closeness and nearness to the Lord, and having those relationships with our family being loved and respected most by those closest to you. That's what God wants for all of us. And that's what only he can do. And who does he show himself to? He says the humble, right? He's near to the humble. He's near to the brokenhearted. And uh, I, just, I just want to give one, illust- one Ill- little illustration with this, and I'm going to pass it on. I'm sorry, am I like Barry? Am I do- <laughs> so the Bible tells us that he's, he's near to the broken. Um, and the humble, like they, they look to the Lord because they know that they don't know it, right? They, it's not all about them. So one day, um, we're making, I'm making lunch at the house, and Shane was in the kitchen helping me. We're getting the table set. Oh, and I can hear a couple of my kids going at it in the bedroom. And I just was like, oh, Lord. I just felt grieved in my spirit. They were yelling at each other. And it had been a hard morning anyway. And Shane is like, Mom, I don't know how you do this. Like, <laughs> And I'm like, oh, gosh. I felt like, I felt like just that wilted reed, you know, like, totally bent over, no strength. And I'm just praying, like, God, would you, Holy Spirit, help, help. I'm sending up the SOS, help, help. Yeah, very, very real. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said, your children are following your example of yelling. And, you know, I wouldn't have thought that I yelled that much. (laughs) But, like, I know I did some. But I was like, ooh, ouch, that hurt. And I'm like, God, you're absolutely right. There have been way too many times I have handled a situation in anger and in yelling because I feel out of control. And I just ask you to forgive me right now. I'm sorry. You're absolutely right. Too many times I've raised my voice. Please forgive me, Lord. Finally, everybody comes around to the table, and we're, we would always hold hands and pray before we would eat. And so we were holding hands, and I just repented. I didn't say anything about my boys. Okay, now you know there were two boys. <laughs> I, didn't say anything, I didn't say anything about my boys arguing, but I repented to the Lord for my own Anger for me lifting up my voice and yelling and handling situations in an ungodly way. 
I'm like, God, please forgive me. I'm guilty of this, and I repent before you. Please take this out of me, Lord. We finished praying. Those two boys just walked right over to each other, gave each other the biggest hug, and they repented to each other. See, I couldn't have orchestrated that. But when we keep praying, he wants to come in. His, the humility of God is what is going to make, bring the success in our lives in whatever area we, we need. Okay. Um, so we had a list of questions submitted to us, and we picked from those, and we're trying to just address different age groups or um, scenarios of moms and even people that are single still and want to be a mom one day or unable to have children of their own. So just so you know kind of where we're going with this, but Diane, I love you. I'm just sitting here like, it's going to write down everything. <laughs> Let's start with humility. I feel like um, being a mom will humble you anyways, but... Um, so one of the questions was, how do you balance a fruitful relationship with the Lord among the rest of your responsibilities? And another question like this was, what does your quiet time with the Lord look like being a mom? And you, you hit this a little bit whenever you were talking. But um, this one stood out to me because it's something I've wrestled with. In revival culture, it can be hard because you feel, I'm just going to call it what it is, you feel the pressure to be in prayer five hours a day sometimes and to raise your children rightly, and they should be catching that fire, and you're bringing them to every prayer meeting, and you're bringing them to every service and everything, and they're supposed to just go with it. And um, I had to learn really quickly to, um, to listen to the Lord and his heart for our family and how that would work, and really release that to the Lord, and that pressure is not healthy. I think there's other moms in this room that can absolutely relate to that, where you feel like you're never measuring up enough in some of those areas. Um, but it was, it was really neat. So this week, actually, I, I got this email from John Thurlow, not personally, <laughs> but um, I'm on his little email thing that he sends out things. And it, it, was really, it really spoke to me. Um, I've heard this before, but I felt like the Lord was highlighting it to me again. He said something along the lines of, it's not about how much time you have with the Lord. It's about what you're doing with the time that you have. Like, are you giving it to him, the time that you have? And I felt that was really powerful. The, the Lord really spoke to me and kind of just released that. Oh, it's kind of like popping that balloon of the pressure that we can feel as moms because I know I'm deep in the trenches of young children that are pulling on me every direction. And some days you just want to hit the pillow as soon as the kids go to bed because you're absolutely exhausted. I know you guys remember this. It's just You just feel like you have no energy left, and then you're like, I'm supposed to give this to the Lord. And, you know, you're just sitting there like, I need to do this. I have a couple of practical thoughts with this that go with this as well, but let me encourage you with that, that the Lord is not as concerned about the amount of time as that the time that you do have, and you know what that means. You're giving that to him, and you're honoring him that in the place of prayer and in the word. Um, but something that I, practical things, is I, we a lot of times would try to wake up early, or I would say, Zeke, usually our two-year-old gets up at seven, and I would try to wake up at six. Now, this doesn't always work, <laughs> because I feel like a lot of those days when I would try to wake up at six, Zeke just happens to wake up at six, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, not today, Satan, but um, <laughs> not today, like I'm pouring my coffee on your mama, you know. It's real life. That's what I'm saying. It's not about the amount of time. It's okay to set some of those practical boundaries so you don't slip through the cracks because there is some mental and emotional exhaustion. How many of you guys know this is for real? Women, moms, you know, you know, and um, the Lord sees your heart and the purity in that. Another, um, just a practical tool I would say is um, the Lord dropped this in my heart. So right now we are, our house is almost done being built. So I'm kind of in my mind, like I'm thinking I love like decor and design, creativity, anything. So like I love to look that stuff up and just kind of see like, oh, like my mind just gets really creative. And um, the Lord really challenged me because a lot of times as moms, once we have that free time, like a nap time or whatever, it's like I naturally sometimes want to go to that place where I'm like, let me just veg for a minute because I don't even want to think. Just being real, I'm just going to keep it real. I know you guys are, might be holier than me in this room. It's fine. I'm just being very real with you. The Lord has, like, he spoke to me, though. He said, before you do that, 
I just want every time that you think about doing that, I want you to spend time with me and in the word before you do that. And so it's just kind of like I attached that in my mind to, I love to do this. This is really fun. Lord, I want to love your word more. God, I want your time with me to be really fruitful. And what's really cool is like I can, I can tell in those moments that it's just getting, even in the moments where you're reading, I don't know, some of the, some of the Old Testament books, they're sometimes a little harder to get through, okay? When you're reading those things, I can t- naturally tell that there is more of the word in me because it's coming out in scenarios more so. Like you don't have to dig for it. It's just there. It's like that river is just like overflowing inside of you. Um, I know I was talking to Michaela about this recently, but the more that you get that inside of you. So I just encourage you guys, keep that John Thurlow quote in your head, mom's Men as well, if you work a hard job, I'm just thinking about that. I feel like the Lord just prompted in my heart right now. If there's something you barely have any time, what are you doing with the time that you do have? Give that to the Lord. Yeah, I, uh, I listen to these guys, and my mind is like going all these different directions, and I remember different things. And um, But on that lines, I do remember there was a, a guy at, at our church a long time ago when I had the smaller kids and he he could tell I was always like struggling and you know in the fact of uh, oh am I praying enough am I not praying enough am I doing this for my children not doing this and he would always just say just those little things and even if it's just getting up in the morning and say before your feet touch the ground Lord I need you today and I mean it's not all always about getting into the prayer closet and no I didn't have time and now now I'm tired and but just the little things and walking in a day-to-day and praying while you're doing the dishes and everything else all the time. And, I mean, I still do that today, and I don't even have kids around, but I still can find myself getting busy with other things. And so, you know, the, the important part is staying in the Word. And along those lines of teaching our children when they grow up, the bottom line is the Word. And um, it is a command in Deuteronomy eleven nineteen. It says, talking about the word of God, it says, teach them to your children the word. Talk about that whenever you are sitting at home, walking in the street. Talk to them about the time when you get up and the time you lay down. So basically, all the time. Uh, All the time. But it's not like quoting a scripture to them every second of the day either. It's the life you live and the example you set and the love that you give is all in campus around the word of the Lord, which is the most important thing. Um, so, sorry. I didn't have my mom to call this year to ask some questions. This is the first year without my mom, sorry. So I called Dave's mom. Who I know is, we all know she's an absolute prayer warrior, and I knew she would add scriptures. I said, please tell me some of the scriptures you you used to pray over the kids. Uh, You know, if most of you know, they were at boarding school most of the time. He he has two sisters, so his mom was away from her children when they were small. And but she she had favorite scriptures to quote over them, and um. One one that I thought, well, she would, like, say to them, too, so, like, they knew it. And one of them was, be sure your sins will find you out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, yeah, I thought that was a good one. I was like, okay. Yeah, I was like, be sure your sins will find you out. And um, so I do remember, I do remember that telling our children, especially in their, when they're getting into um, middle school, those oh, hard age groups, your sins will find you out. We would always tell them, you might as well just tell the truth. We will find out. We will find out. Whether it be the Holy Spirit tells us or somebody else, you might as well just get it out there on the table. And um, it was always true. They didn't always admit it at first, but we would always find out. But I thought that was a good one. And then one of the other ones that she told me that she would pray over them and tell them constantly is that man looks at the outer appearance, but God looks at your heart. So 
it's not really what man thinks about you, although, yes, we need to be people of character and, you know, when men look at us. But our most important thing to teach our children is that you need to think about what does God think about you? What does God want for you? And when she said that, I immediately, we were sitting on the patio, and I was on the phone with her, and I just looked at Dave, and I was like, that is so you. That is so him. I mean, she in, she put that in his heart, and he has taken that to heart. He is a man who, he doesn't really care about what you think of him. He mostly cares about what God thinks of him. And so to teach our children that, that it's what God really thinks about you and your character is the most important thing. So you might want to add just teaching your children. Okay. Yeah, that was so good. Yeah, and the passage in Deuteronomy, I mean, absolutely, I'd, I would say that that was one of the things that strongly marked me, and it's almost like, you know, you, you hear the Holy Spirit, you know, telling you, okay, in the morning, when you rise up, and when you go by the day, like, and it's constantly looking to the Lord, and bringing the Lord into the situation, and how do we, how does God think about us? And how do we honor him in this situation? So at the end of the day, um, you're going to stand before the Lord. You know, I tell my children, your, your life is for the Lord. Your life is an offering for the Lord. We're, gonna, we're presenting you to the Lord. And so in doing that, um, that just comes into every single situation, you know. Um, so a couple of scriptures that... I had written down that I felt like really marked my um, mothering and parenting because one of the one of the questions was um, what is a mother's role for her children and family in God's eyes and asked for us to touch on some scriptures that have to do with that. So one of the scriptures for me was definitely Titus two three through five. Now when I read this scripture. I trembled. I'm serious. I got on my knees. <laughs> I'm like, Lord, uh, I know that you mean what you say, and you're not fooling around. But wow, that's uh, it's pretty sobering. So let me just get there real quick. Titus 2, verses 3 through 5 says, The aged women likewise, that they be in the... Be I should have gotten an AS or an IV. <laughs> um, this is the King James. I'm sorry, it's a little wordy. The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands. And here's the trembling part, that the word of God will not be blasphemed. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. I got on my knees. Oh, my God. I just felt like, I was just shaking on the inside. I'm like, only you can work in me to do this rightly. I can't. And I fear you. I do fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I do not want the way I love my husband and I love my children or in not loving them to dishonor you and cause your word to be maligned and blasphemed and evil spoken of. I don't want my obedience to my husband to cause your word to be maligned and blasphemed and evil spoken of. I don't want the way I am a keeper at home. It does mean something. I know that's not politically correct these days to be a keeper at home, but it means something. And we need to get on our knees and ask God, like, God, what are you saying for my life? What is your word really saying? 
because I don't want to blaspheme your word. I want to honor your word. So what does that look like? That truly, truly marked me, and um, I just encourage you know, all of us um, as women to go to the Lord and, and to, you know, search the scripture, read it, get on your knees, search it, pray it. Um, this really struck me and in, in my spirit, I just praise God for the gift of praying in the spirit because the Holy Spirit knows, he searches the mind of God. He knows that all of the thoughts and all the, the intents, he can bring things to light and show you ways where, okay, you do need to make these adjustments because you're not submitting to your husband like you need to. You are tending to argue with him. And, and I'm not saying that we don't have an opinion. I'm not saying that we don't tr truly share what's in our hearts. Like, we absolutely do that. But we all know there's a right way and there's a wrong way to do that. There's a way of loving respect, and there's a way of trying to control and manipulate. We just want to be careful that we're doing things the way that honors the Lord. So um, anyway, so Titus is definitely one of those scriptures for me. Um, and also in raising the children, one thing that I really felt marked by was Luke 8, 15. Um, and again, this was something that Barry shared with me. And, and I feel like I just want to say that I know that I am who I am because of what the Lord has done in me. But the biggest influence in my life has been my husband. I wouldn't be who I am. I would not be who I am without him. God knows that's the absolute truth. And loving him and honoring him. And the, the Lord has just made such a, a door for him to speak into me. And it has changed my life. It has made me the mom that I am. The mom that my children respect is, who, is because of how he poured into me. So I want to encourage you men to pour into your wives. Pour into them. Just love them and cherish them. And I just pray that, you know, the, the kingdom of God just come into the marriages here, heart of the Father, that his spirit comes into the families, that, you know, he is the ruler of the universe and that our little homes would be this little sphere of his kingdom in every single home. Um, but, it, but so Luke 8, 15 is another scripture that, you know, Barry and I were talking about one time, and um, it just really, really hit me in my heart because Jesus is saying that he's talking about the good ground that bears fruit. And he just was like, you know, the ground that bears fruit, Jesus said in Luke 8, 15, is a good and an honest heart. And so we were just talking about how we really wanted to instill a love for the truth in our children. And then there's another scripture. Um, uh, I don't know where it is. Uh, it's Second Thessalonians 2, verses 10 and 11. It talks about those who don't have a fervent love for the truth. And it says they will believe a lie and be damned. So teaching your children to love the truth is huge. God is truth. And if we don't teach them to love truth and we laugh at their little white lies, parents, please, let there be a little red flag going up right now in your spirit. Um, no more. We're not going to allow that anymore because if you allow those seeds to grow, that's not going to honor the Lord. And that is the main purpose of us raising children so that they will honor the Lord. They're trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. So I implore you, I beg you, teach your children to love the truth. Jesus said that the heart that bears much fruit is a good and an honest heart. Teach them to love truth. 
Teach them to love goodness, holiness. We want to teach our children to be holy, not happy. You know that happiness is going to come with holiness. But if you just raise your children because you want them to be happy, ooh, you're going to have some little monsters. You're going to feed that flesh, and you know what? You're not going to, who are you? I don't even know if I like you. Honestly, like sometimes if we feed that flesh, like, um, we, the Bible says, Proverbs 4, ponder the path of your feet. You're going somewhere. Where are you going? Think about your parenting. Think about your relationships. Think about, you know, where that's going to go if you continue to, oh, you want to do this? Sure, you can do this. You can do this. You know, um, in uh, Proverbs 22, 6, it says to train up our children, and when they're old, they won't depart. And really what you see in the book of Proverbs, there's, we're training them to be wise or we're going to train them to be fools. Now, the wise takes training. The fool doesn't. You just do whatever you want to do. Oh, that's what you want to do? Okay, you could do it. Oh, you want to do that? Yeah, you could do that. Oh, you want to eat that? Sure, you can eat that. Oh, you want to watch that? Oh, sure, you can watch that. You keep feeding that flesh? Ooh. You, you, we, we, have to, we have to realize, like, it takes training. It takes a lot of hard work. But there is fruit in discipline. There's the fruit of righteousness. But it comes after. It comes later. It comes years down the road when the hard work's been done. But you're going to reap the fruit of righteousness, and your children will even give you rest. And you'll enjoy them. You will love hanging out with them. You will just, and they will love being with each other. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a beautiful life. Loving Jesus and him being first, like, it's a beautiful life. I just want to encourage you, teach your children to love the truth and have a good and honest heart. I'll let y'all swallow that for a second. Um, one of the questions we had was, how do you balance, um, it said small children, but honestly, you could probably insert any age group here. Um, how do you balance your children and not, quote, unquote, forget your husband? She was kind of talking about some of this. Um, that question, I feel like that was a trigger in my heart because I, in Ephesians 5, that verse where it talks about, we, we've read it a lot, submitting ourselves, wives submitting to your husbands. Um, and it goes on further and it says, as the church submits everything to the Lord, in the same way, wives submit everything unto your husbands. And in our feminist culture, that's a really hard thing sometimes to chew when you're fed everything else. Um, but in hearing that, I heard this question and I'm thinking, if that is an issue where you're forgetting your husband, and it can, it can happen, so this is no condemnation. This is just today we take the word, and we let it chisel our hearts, and we change our ways, but you're having a child-centered home, if that's the case. So if you're forgetting your husband, your children are the ones that are the main, the main thing in your home. And I would venture to say that those of us that love the Lord in this room are not wanting that. We're not desiring that our children are first place in our home and that they're ruling the house. Um, but <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> had coffee thanks to Carissa, and now I'm feeling it in my little throat. But I'm really, really grateful. So happy Mother's Day, me. Um, one thing I thought of, this is very, very practical, um, but I really, I felt the unction of the Lord. This is probably the one question I wrote down. I was like, I have to answer this. I feel the Lord on it. Um, praise God for grandparents, family members, and babysitters. Praise the Lord. And now I'm not going to go on and say that everyone has family members around. I, I absolutely understand that. Um, I was raised in a home where my grandparents lived other places in the country. So I know like mom and dad, we didn't have that. But they had great babysitters. And I, I feel almost a tension when I say that because there, I know that I've talked to people and that there are parents in the room that feel uncomfortable sometimes to have your kids just have anybody come watch them. And I, I understand that. I do. So here's what I would say is are you making your decisions out of fear or out of wisdom? If you're making a decision, and Brandon and I try to live by this, like if we're asking the Lord and he's saying, green light, this is okay, are you making your decision out of wisdom, like the Lord is saying this is okay, 
or fear. For example, Joe Schmo, who maybe has been to the church twice, offers to watch your children. It's probably a no from me, okay? Probably a no. Leah probably doesn't know him. He doesn't ever serve in kids' ministry. He just happens to like us. He's like, I've seen you on stage. Let me watch your children. That's weird, okay? No. Wisdom would say no, okay? But there are some awesome, I had uh, breakfast with a girl the other day, and we're sitting down um, eating, and she's like, if you ever need a babysitter, and I like had a heart level, she's probably 22, conversation with her, all the moms group were like, yes, learn another one, send them, Lord. But honestly, there's a lot of young adult girls here that are great with kids, that love Jesus, and they're not going to take advantage of your children. And I mean that. And I say that because that's what we as moms go to. We go to worst case scenario, if we're making a decision out of fear, someone is going to take advantage of my child. And I'm not saying that never happens because, believe me, it's really sad in the world what can happen with children. You hear their stories. We know that. But are you making your decision out of wisdom or out of fear. And I think that if you don't have that one-on-one time with your husband, you're really missing something. Your husband is not being honored in the way that he should. I know for a fact when Brandon and I don't have a lot of time together, even when we're doing things for the sake of the ministry, the Lord will come in and be like, "Uh, you guys are not connecting as you should, but you're having a great time connecting with the church. A real talk. It happens. And so we have to bring it back, back around, and have time together invest. This is the other thing Brandon and I were hitting on. We were, I was like, I'm so passionate about this. A lot of times we don't have, I hear this, we don't have the money. I understand that too. But also you invest in what you love. Like gospel said, you, you make time for what you love, what's precious to you. There's things that you guys are like, oh my gosh, I have to go to that concert or I have to go to that game. And you're going to invest the money to do it because it's worth it to you. So is your husband, is it worth it to you to take that time to invest that money? Because I get it. It's like $50 for a couple hours plus $50 to go to eat. Plus it it adds up for sure. Um, But we do have awesome babysitters in this body. So I'm putting that out there to you. I just think you should hold that in your heart. Like this needs to be a priority. Date night is really important. One-on-one time. If you are saying, man, financially, it's just not in the cards for me. Let me throw this out there to you as well. Um, put your kids to bed early. (laughs) It may seem like a simple thing. We put our kids to bed at 7.30. And honestly, like I, you know, as a mom, you have that time. You say you're not going to stay up. Sometimes I do crash, but sometimes we're up till 10, 11, you know, and we have that time together, that quality time where we can talk and just share about the day and like invest in each other. So just some practical things there. Another thing that we do to keep it from being a child-centered home Um, when we're in the car, my kids are on this kick where they just want to talk. I have a girl, so she's just talking about talking about talking. And so she's in the car, and sometimes it's really cute and all, but she'll interrupt us, like, when we're talking and we haven't seen each other all day. We just really make sure that she is not centering the conversation. When we're talking about something serious, we're like, Josie, you're going to have to wait. And so we've had to really work on that just because, like, because she's cute, she'll just like butt in and you just want to, and moms, we do this, like, oh yeah, what did you have to say? And she's just talking about the trees outside and we're like trying to have a conversation, but we've had to discipline her in that, that she knows that time with mommy and daddy, your kids need to see that, is more important than anything else right now. So I hope that helps somebody. hear this stuff, and I think of all these things that over the years that um, have happened, but um, just just touch a little bit, and then I'll, I'll move on, but um, when our kids were small, they were always with us at church, um, revivals, prayer meetings, I mean, like Gospel said, our, our kids came, they were on the floor, whatever, and I used to go to a morning prayer meeting at our church, and um, Aubrey would be with me a lot, and... Um, you just you don't even realize what they actually hear and and learn, but it shows up later on. But this one little cute story, well, they were talking about fasting in the prayer meeting, and so we get in the car, and I usually went out with the ladies after, and they were older, and that's another little little tidbit for you younger moms. I hung out with older ladies, I just always did, and I just learned from them just little pieces here and there but we got in the car and um Aubrey she was probably like four or five and she goes mommy I'm gonna fast I I learned about fasting today and I said oh okay what do you want to fast she goes I'm gonna fast naps 
we might have to we might have to teach on that a little bit more. I got quite but okay, you're good. You're good at it. Um so anyway. Um so I'll uh I'm gonna change I'm gonna change the the question here just a little bit. Um one of the questions was talking about um the death of a child. And I I, I felt like after we prayed for Brooke and everything that was said and Brandon used my scripture and I was like, Oh Lord, I'm this I'm I'm done now. But <laughs> Um, we, we had a child that was born, um, with two holes in her heart. And I'm not going to get into the whole story of that, but how we dealt as a family and then what God has done through that. But in those times of going back and forth to the hospital, um, which I, I feel that when I read Brooks things and with her other children, because I'd come home and our two and a half year old son wouldn't speak to me because he was mad at me because I was gone. He didn't understand. And it was so difficult. And by the time I would get him to warm back up to me, I would have to take my daughter back to the hospital. And we were up in Shan, so we were two hours away. We'd have to drive to Gainesville every time we went. Um, but one day I was crying out to the Lord, and I said, I just don't understand this. So I opened the scripture, and it was James 1. Count it all joy when you have various trials. I literally looked at them like, um, Lord, that you have the wrong scripture. Okay, let's try this again. <laughs> uh, uh, like, literally, like you honestly cannot be telling me to count this as joy. And yet, through the years, he has taught me to count that as joy. Um, in those times, though, after she passed away, um, my son was what kept me going. Um, he had, he, I had to get up for my son. I had to continue to teach my son. And without him, not indicating my husband, but he was starting a business and he was gone. My son was there and I had to get up for him and it got me up and going. But as for me and my husband, I just want to share this. If, you, if anybody has gone through this or even like a miscarriage, men and women obviously deal with this differently. And we did. I grieved in crying all the time, and he didn't want me to cry because he wanted me to be happy and yet take care of me, and so we had a little disagreement, and we had to work through that. Everybody grieves differently, and that's okay, and if you have little children, they may grieve in a different way also. It's, it's okay, but count it all joy when you fall into uh, trials and temptations and different situations, and the Lord will redeem and um, I was crying out to the Lord after, after she had passed away. We, long time ago, Rodney Howard Brown revival at Carpenter's Home Church back in the day. I cried every day on the floor. Everybody else was laughing. I cried. And I kept crying out, Lord, why aren't you helping me? Why aren't you helping me? Why aren't you helping me? And finally, the Lord said to me, I'm trying to help you. You're not letting me. You're trying to let this become your identity. This is not your identity. And I was afraid to be happy because I was afraid people would say, oh, how could she be happy? She just lost her child. She's a terrible mother. I mean, the enemy puts these things into you. And I finally was like, okay, Lord, I release it. And I totally got a healing in those months and months and months of still laying on the floor and crying. But that was okay. That's what I needed. Um, but... In that, and just recently, there was a family in here who lost a child. And I heard my husband say to them, and this is what I wanted to leave in that moment with you, if anybody has gone through this, or if for later on, or for you to share with somebody else. Conception is the beginning of life. And the any, as soon as there is conception, there is life. Had you not conceived this child, any child, they do not even have the opportunity to go to heaven to make a choice. And I just thought that was so awesome when he said that, that not to, not to be so, you know, I, we're all sad, but you, ought, you gave life to a child. And from then on, God has the choice, you know, and then they have the choice if they grow up to choose heaven or choose hell. And had you not even given this child life, 
now this child that even though they passed away, maybe you didn't see it, maybe you held it for four months like we held ours for four months, she then had, she went to heaven. Had she not been born, you know, she wouldn't even know heaven right now. Now she knows heaven, which is the greatest thing of all. So, um, anyway. That's really powerful. I'm glad you shared that. I don't even know if people really know your story with that, but to walk through something like that and be able to say, like, the Lord is still good is really, really powerful. Um, I just wanted to hit the miscarriage thing briefly. I, I went through, a, I had a miscarriage uh, in between Josie and Zeke, and I remember just the fear that comes with that, and it was early on, and, and some of, I know a lot of women in this room, you've had that ex- same experience, and I guess I never realized how many women go through that. Um, it was a season at our church where we had heard about it. I mean, it, there were several, several miscarriages, and so I, I just want to charge some of you women that are in the room that have tried to have a child and have lost the baby, and just tell you that the Lord sees you as a mom, like even though that baby was not here earthside, like able to live a life, like you are a beautiful mother unto the Lord, and even just carrying that baby in your stomach the way that you did, and for the amount of time, however, if it was four weeks or if it was 20 weeks, that's just a really, really beautiful thing unto the Lord. So I just want to make sure that, or even those women that are in the room that you try and try to have a child and you were never able to, like I really believe that the Lord has made you that nurturing mother in your heart. And those of you that don't even have children of your own, and there I know women in this room, that you are raising other young men and women and you are mothering them and you are pouring into them and you have something to offer that is truly beautiful and from the Lord, even if they're not your natural children. Like that is, I think that's almost a a higher level of love. Um, Whether you've adopted kids or whether you just have spiritual kids. You know, I've I've learned a lot just from watching some of you guys and the way that you love and cherish people and, and tell them the truth and love. So a lot of us wouldn't be where we were without you. So I just want to make sure that you hear that from my heart. Um, and don't be afraid to talk about miscarriages. If you need someone to talk to, I'm here. I know several women that would talk to you as well. And um, we love you, and, and we're with you. And you guys are definitely valued as beautiful women and mothers. So That's perfect. Thank you, Allison. Um, some of the questions um, that we received... Um, I don't know, seemed like, you know, sometimes we can get so focused on, like, all the externals, like, with our kids, with their discipline and with their behavior, and, like, wanting, you know, we want to be so careful, and I know that that honors the Lord. Um, Carefulness is a great quality. Um, The wise virgins, they were careful, weren't they? So being careful, like, that's admirable and worthy of honor, to be careful. The Lord wants us to be careful. But sometimes we can get too, too stressed about making sure every little thing, and um, I know Barry, again, like, would tell me, he's like, hon, don't get caught up, like, with every single thing, like, every little, he's like, you've got to let some things go and not get so focused, like, on every little thing in their character, you know, being perfect and them just they're not cookie cutter and you just you know let go of unrealistic expectations and really pray about what is the lord saying what is he wanting and focus on those things um you know jesus said that the pharisees focus they they, the jot and tittle right with their with their um ties and their um you know, they're mincing out and ca- counting all their seeds just to make sure everything is perfect and they're doing everything exactly right. But Jesus said that he told us, don't be like the Pharisees who make sure the outside of the cup is clean, but they don't clean the inside of the cup. And we can do that if we get so focused on the externals. Like we really want to be praying about the Lord drawing our children the Lord working on their hearts, the Lord, you know, just sowing the eternal word. We would have devotions in the morning, and we would have worship at night. We'd let the children pick out. We love the hymns, and they would pick out hymns, and we would, 
you know, sing, Barry'd play his guitar, and we would sing with the children, um, but just making sure, like, you're, you're just nurturing that soul, and you're enjoying them, because, you know, joy is attractive, and when, you know, when mom's just having fun with kids, they like to be close to mom, and they want to they wanna emulate her. They want to follow after her. The Ephesians 5 tells us, follow after God as dearly loved children imitate their father. So when your children are dearly loved, guess what? They're going to want to be like you. They're going to want to follow in your footsteps. They, that love soaks into their heart, and they... That's what they want for their life. They feel that joy. They want to be close to you. So I just want to encourage you with that. Just um, be a great lover of Jesus. Just be a great lover of Jesus and let the joy of the Lord flow out in your daily work with them. Involve them with what you're doing. Um, Children are not, like C.S. Lewis said, they're not a distraction from important work. They are the most important work. So, you know, it's not like, well, I got to get my kids occupied so that I can really do something that's important. No. They're the most important work. They They are eternal souls. And they are like those little ripples in the water, and their lives are going to affect so many other people. But probably the other things that we might be pushing them aside for probably has no eternity in it or very little in comparison. So let's, you know, just be mindful of that. Just um, just remember to, you know, keep them with you, to love them, to truly, truly love them and enjoy them. They know when you enjoy them. They know it. And they know when they're, when we just feel like they're annoying us or when, you know, they're aggravating us, or they're interrupting us. And, you know, instead, just stop what you're doing. They want to come in, and it's like the 10th time, you know, in in 10 minutes that they're coming in, and you're trying to get something done. It's okay. You know, maybe they just need your focused attention for a few minutes. So to get down on the floor, to look them in the eye, just stop what you're doing. Because, you know, how many times as moms have our kids come in and said something, Mom, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and they walk away, and you're like, wait, wait, what? What did they say? Because I was, yeah, 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 what? (laughs) I don't even know what they said. Come back, come back. I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention, and I'm sorry, I wasn't, I did not really hear what you said. Can you say that again? And really listen, really listen with your heart. If you do that, you fill up their love tanks. They know I have value. I have worth. My mom, my dad, they love me. They are really paying attention to me. I'm important to them. That fills them up. Um, So anyway, all that to say. You know, those the, the nurturing that relationship, because didn't Jesus say it's all about relationship, right? Our relationship with him, loving him first with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's all about relationship, and it's the same with our children. It's all about relationship and not getting so caught up in wanting them to be perfect, making sure, like, in front of other people that they're always doing everything perfect. You know, it's okay if your child is rude. Don't make a big deal out of it. Just say to that adult, I'm sorry, we are working on that. It's okay. Let it go. And then when you go home, okay, let, hey, let's practice that. Let's practice, let's practice um, looking people in the eye and just speaking to them. Let's practice, okay, we're going to pretend someone is ringing the doorbell. Let's go to the door. We're going to look at them. We're going to say hello. You know, they love to pretend stuff. So pretend and practice good character. Honoring people. Um, so, let's see. Um, so, one of the questions had to do with order and peace in the home when you have multiple kids. And so, my name was put on this question. <laughs> I thought you put that. Oh, no. I was like, Brian put it. No. Uh, I don't know who put it. Somebody put it. But... Um, 
peace isn't an, absent of no, an absence of noise. It's not an absence of, it, it can be kind of chaotic, you know, but everybody's having a good time. Peace is a person, right? Peace is Jesus. And if he's on the throne, there's peace. And when, you know, our homes really should be his kingdom in our home. There should be a lot of love. There should be a lot of joy. There should be a lot of laughter and sometimes a crazy amount of noise. And it's all good. As long as Jesus is being honored, there's peace. And when he's honored, people are honoring each other and respecting each other. And there's peace. That's a good thing. And those who love his law, the Bible says, they have great peace. So tying those two things together, we're wanting to honor the Lord. We're remembering his word, what he says. We're walking in line with it. And there's peace. There's great peace. And when there's not, when someone is yelling, when the children are not respecting each other or they're not respecting you. Like, our homes can be heaven or they can be hell. They can be either one. We, we really have a lot to do with that choice, with whether or not our homes are heaven or whether they're hell. And who we open up the door to, do we open up the door to the Holy Spirit, encouraging us to honor the Lord, to obey the word, or, and, and encourage our children. You know, the Holy Spirit wants to encourage your children. Satan is always wanting to, like Julie was saying, how God spoke to her, and don't let the death of her precious little girl define her and shrivel her, because God was not defining Julie like that. Sometimes we have to be careful, because as parents, we can wrongly define our children. We can speak things over them that God is not saying. And we need to let our words be like Ephesians 4, where we're building them up. We're opening up the door to the Holy Spirit. We are not grieving the Holy Spirit by saying unkind and ungodly things that the enemy is going to try to take and pound into their head and tell them who they are not, who they are, who, you know, how, how bad they are or how disobedient they are, how disrespectful they are, or how stupid they are. Like, no. That's not the kingdom of God, and we don't want that. We just shut the door to that. We want the Lord's ways. We want to honor him, and when we do, there is great peace. Okay. You done? Okay. Um, all right, and then one of the questions was, how do we connect with our kids at all different ages? And I kind of touched on this a little bit, like when you really look at them, and honestly, I think, you, you know, don't you normally connect with someone that you feel likes you? And if you feel like they don't like you, you don't connect with them very well. But, you know, one, one thing that I really felt like the Lord, I had a real, um, well, Barry and I both um, had a real heart and mind shift Back after we had Jason Shana, the Lord really dealt with us. Your children are not burdens. They are blessings. They are amazing gifts from Jesus himself. Treat them like that. Speak to them like that. And Call them blessings because that's what he says they are. And so I started just calling my kids blessings. Like, yes, blessing. What did you say, blessing? And, you know, it's, you know what really blesses me now is that I hear my grandchildren being called blessings. And with you connecting with your children, like, you don't know how you're impacting your grandchildren. How do you want your grandchildren to be parented? What kind of parent do you want your child to be? Be that parent. Be that parent. And um, it's just beautiful. 
It's beautiful. You're opening up the door for the Holy Spirit to come in um, and bring his kingdom. So rightly connected with them, I think, is really um, what is very tied in with that is really honoring them, really loving them, enjoying them, them feeling like they are valued by you and they, they are enjoyed by you. Let your children feel like you really enjoy them. All right, we're done. So do you want to open up the prayer? We're just going to have all the women, if you're a woman, if you can stand. We're just going to pray over you guys. I'm going to stand while I pray, and then we're going to pass off. If you're a woman at all, if you don't have children, if you're a teenager and you're a girl, you can stand. <laughs> I give you permission. Everyone's like, oh, no. All right, we're just going to ask the Lord, we're just going to pray for different, um, different groups of women here. But Lord, I just thank you, God, for every word that was spoken this morning. I just pray that it would rest and it would go down deep in the soil of our hearts, Lord, and that we would truly take it. And would you chisel at our hearts as moms, God, those of us that are not moms, that are young women or unable to have children, Lord, or have grown children or have young children, God, I just pray right now that that would go into rich soil. Jesus, we just want to look look like you and we want to act like you in everything that we do. I mean that, Lord. And I just pray right now for every single woman in this room that may desire to be a mother one day. I ask, Lord, that you would begin to deposit things even now, Lord, from the words of our mouths, Lord, and from your scripture. Would you just cause these young women to look more like you, Jesus? I pray that they would hang on the words of those that are examples around them, but most importantly, that they would look at you, Jesus, and that you would just continue to mold their character, that you would ready their hearts, God. I thank you that you equip those that you have called, Lord, and those of us that you've called to mother, whether that's from our natural stomachs or through adoption, Lord, or through just even, um, even spiritual children, Lord, those that we're discipling, Lord, I just pray right now that you would just impart your wisdom, Lord, that we would seek after wisdom. And I ask, Lord, for all of the moms like myself that are in the trenches with the babies and with the toddlers, God, I pray, God, would you give a supernatural natural energy in Jesus' name. I pray, God, for a greater hunger for your word when we're worn out and we're weary and when we don't feel like it. God, I thank you that you call me back to the place of prayer, even when I'm exhausted. So I just ask, Lord, for a supernatural grace over these women that are like myself, God, that need that, Lord. Would you grace us with more of a hunger for you? Would you help us, Lord, to be the best moms that we can be, that you've called us to be to our children and to love them how you tell us to love them, Lord. Would you help us to keep our husbands first? In Jesus' name. And Father, we just lift up all of the moms with teenagers in the room, Lord, and you know that there is such a struggle sometimes, Lord. We look to you for wisdom. What do we say? What do we not say? How do we help? How do we let go? Father, it can be such a wrestle sometimes. And I ask, Lord, that you would come in to every family and every home, Lord, and that, that is in this season. And that you would just reveal yourself, Father. Reveal yourself to those teenagers, I pray. In a very deep way, would you mark them by your spirit? Father, I pray that that there would be just a great spirit of humility, of going low, Father, whether teenager or parent, just going low, that your Holy Spirit can come close and shine the light in areas that need to be revealed to show anything that's hidden that needs to come to the light. Father, I pray that you would would just put your, the searchlight of your Holy Spirit in our families because we want them to be everything that you want them to be. We want you to be honored. We want you to have first place. We want you to be glorified. We want our families, God, to be a testimony of your goodness and your great love. And we want our families to overflow with your spirit and with your love. We want the river of your spirit flowing in our homes, in our relationships, Lord. And you know sometimes in the teenage years it can be a struggle we need to know as parents as moms when to let 
let go and not control, not manipulate, not try to get our own way because we don't know so many times, Lord. We look to you and ask you for the wisdom that only you can give. And Father, I just pray for for, for moms, especially if there have been relationships and it's just been so hard. You know, Lord, you see the brokenness. You see the hurt, Father, deep inside. And I ask that the balm of Gilead would pour into these hearts of these moms, Lord, who feel so hurt and feel so wounded, Lord. They just feel like they're bleeding on the inside. They want more of you and they want your kingdom, but somehow the enemy's gotten in. Father, would you come by your spirit? Pour over them, precious Holy Spirit, and bring healing bring restoration. Oh God, you are a great redeemer and you can come and show yourself strong and you can do mighty things in relationships and bring healing and restoration. You're an amazing redeemer. We look to you and trust in you for healing, Lord, to do what only you can do. Our eyes are on you, Lord. We look to no one but you. We look to you. We trust in you. Breathe in our families, Father, by your precious Holy Spirit. And Lord, I just pray for every woman now that's standing in this room, whether young or old or in between, children, no children, married, single, whatever, Lord. I just pray that you will pour out your spirit today in a fresh new way like never before. Let them feel your presence in their lives. You love them. You created them. You have a purpose for them. Help them to open their eyes and their hearts to you and to your word today, Lord. And especially, Lord, for the older women, I speak to you, uh, the empty nesters, or just if you have not even the older women have never even have children, Father, but that I pray that you bring us to back to life. We're not done. We're not just because our children have moved on or we're older and didn't have children. That does not mean that you do not have a purpose. Like's been said, Lord, help us to reach out to the younger generation. Help us to continue to pour into younger women in every stage of their lives with children, no children, Father. Use us mightily, Father. And I just thank you for this community. I thank you for this church. I thank you for the love. And I pray a special blessing over every one of us today as we go in Jesus' name.